everybody. Welcome to episode number 40. We made it. 40 episodes of Tactical Crouch were a competitive Overwatch podcast, soon to be a competitive Teamfight Tactics podcast, if all things continue <laughs> to trend the, the way that they've been trending. Joe and I haven't gotten sleep in days. I've been up for 30 minutes. <laughs> I, know, I just, I literally, we played until about 3 a.m. Pacific time. And we record at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash kicktripod on Tuesdays. By the way, boom, check that what off the What a transition. List. I know. Uh, but I, I, I kind of forgot that um, I kind of forgot that we had a show to do. <laughs> and so I'm waking <laughs> That's up. That's so weird. Too, I'm waking you up. You were the one that reminded me because I forgot when we were well, playing. I, I, I forgot like, at 2.30 oh, a.m. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until then, I'm like, boom. Hey, John. <laughs> remember this isn't isn't all you do anymore (laughs) uh we did just start the show and kind of got debated here uh brandon m thanks for the donation five dollars you're all awesome never forget that thank you brandon love you thank you all right normally we don't do that during the show but i just felt compelled oh no the the power of torb compels me and let's be honest how how much of a hangover did you have today I have not had, like, I have not drank while eating tea or drinking <laughs> during tea fight tactics. <laughs> okay. Very uh, good. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you uh, were here, no. Yiska. You were yep. there the one night where I was, sorry if this, this is generally pretty family friendly because we can be about whatever we want. Um, I, we were playing and it was, um, I, I started basically I, the, as the night progressed, I, I was I was drinking more and more <laughs> and Yiska came on at like 2 a.m., 1 a.m. or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just gave him the roughest time. And I have no idea why and I need to publicly <laughs> apologize to you and no say problem. that you probably deserved it at some point or another. Probably uh, did. Yeah. So <laughs> like building like two sword breakers on your stupid, stupid units, you know? Yeah. Sword breakers. All right, we're not going to do that. Welcome to episode 40. This is Tactical Crouch, we're a competitive Overwatch podcast. We talk primarily Overwatch League, but all sorts of things you need to know in the competitive Overwatch universe. Before we get started, though, you should know the show is supported 100% by our patrons. Um, So if you like the show, want to support, the best way to do so is hop over to patreon.com slash tactical crouch or... Uh, you can subscribe to us on Twitch as well during the live show as Mr. Kaku just did. And thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, also, for those who are currently uh, patrons, we did not get a game night in for June because we started up the Patreon at the end of June and there just wasn't enough time to fit it in in like the span of a week. We didn't think we would get our game night goal that fast. So uh, we're going to do two in July. And uh, we'll keep you posted with all that. If you were a patron for June and have had to cancel for whatever reason, you'll still be invited to that. Don't worry. We'll, we'll make it right. We're, we're cool like that. Follow us on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch. And of course, tweet us your questions and topics you'd like to have discussed in the show at tactical underscore crouch. Uh, otherwise, we actually, if you are a patron or a sub, you have access to a specific uh, channel in Yiska's Discord, which we've kind of merged with the old Overwatch League Discord. I've sent everybody over that way. I'm going to be shuttering that this week. And you can post questions there, and we'll snag them. We'll snag the mostly serious ones or the ones that are really funny. And we'll talk about them on the show. 
Show records live on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And of course, watch and listen everywhere. Let's talk about our news brought to you by Battlecrab Made and Peter Y, our Patreon producers, if you will. Uh, thanks so much for your support of the show. Battlecrab Battle Made, Peter Y, you're all legends in our books. Even Yiska's books, which he actually has a book of legends. Like yeah. a physical, like Norse mythology. You've got Greek mythology. Um, 1930s jazz artists and then these patreon producers so that's a big deal being being up there with alexander the great and good. yeah good book recommendation the hero of a thousand faces that's a good book uh, isn't that game of thrones no that's uh i forget his first name uh joseph campbell honestly pretty Oh, isn't that where he like breaks down all of the the mythologies Heroic, and like the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah 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 actually watched a Netflix series kind of roughly about it actually quite interesting especially if you're into writing mm -hmm. yeah sweet well there you go let's talk about the news thanks again to our patrons all right we got some big ones here I don't I feel like neither of you are super happy about this. Um, Fisher and the Soul Dynasty have announced that uh, he is retiring uh, from the Overwatch League. Uh, it was yeah, mutual, they say it was a mutual decision. So, uh, Fisher was one of the key pieces for LA Gladiators' success in season one. Um, he should have gotten more play in London, in my opinion, and then they sold him off, and he uh, kind of showed London who is boss until the very end. Um, yeah, he's he's no longer here. He's definitely been around the block with a couple of big teams. We've seen his playtime taper off. Uh, Yiska, I need an ode to Fisher here. I want to hear hmm. your thoughts. Uh, is this? I mean, is this a big do have, deal? Do you have any limericks for Fisher? <laughs> no, but um, I will say it is sort of. I'm not truly sad because I. I watched like a for a piece. I looked through his um, his personal uh, stream afterwards, and he didn't seem sad, and it didn't seem like he felt defeated, and he felt very good about it, and he looked like a twenty-one or twenty-year-old kid that figured out that there's still a lot to do in life, a lot to try, and if your heart's not in it, then it's probably not for you, and then that to find out what's not for you is actually a pretty good thing at a young age, right? Like that's pretty mature, actually, right? at any age. Yes, most definitely. Now, I will say, he was definitely one of the biggest characters we had in Season 1. Definitely a narrative that people could attach themselves to. He had a dope catchphrase that just came up on his stream randomly, like the, who's better than Fisher? Nobody. And, um, yeah, in general... I, th I think we are missing these types of characters in the Overwatch League. We're feeling... I'd be hard-pressed to m mention anyone else than Dogman and then maybe Cruz sometimes. But... I think God's that definitely played that before. He hasn't done it on the Overwatch League stage <sighs> yet, but God definitely I'd... was huge in, in the previous Tier 1 pre-Overwatch League. The problem I have is that the shit talkers are also all in that same tier of level play. And it <laughs> felt much more genuine, much more badass 
when it came from one of the best players run up to the BMP, MVP, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. We, uh, we definitely, it's something I think we've discussed on the show a few times before, right? Is that there's, um, Overwatch is pretty much, Overwatch League is pretty much on lock and key when it comes to, uh, PR. And so mm. they, they try, you can definitely tell that they, they try to kind of create the right types of drama or whatever, but you can usually tell when it's manufactured, right? Mm. And then at some points you just have to take the leash off, let the dogs run. Fisher was a dog that ran as yeah. they, as they say in my hometown of Hutchinson, Minnesota. Uh, he's a dog that ran and, uh, it's going to be a bummer. I, I don't. So, I mean, Joe, this is, this has to be a big part on, you know, we've, we've always heard that Fisher has had some kind of some synergy issues with his teammates, uh, to put it mm. lightly that there was, I think it was with the LA gladiators was it, it was Fisher, right. That said like, basically he was frustrated because the Western players just didn't practice enough. Yeah, it, it seemed like towards the end of his tenure with the Gladiators that uh, things in the locker room kind of went a little uh, sideways. Um, a, a great comparison to uh, any League of Legends fan kind of uh, seems to me like Fisher was a, very much a Dardock character where incredibly talented player in a role that is kind of shallow, um, has that star level potential, but is a little bit difficult to deal with from my understanding. Um, and I think for him, I thought that I think that he thought that playing within a full Korean team would have solved that. Like it's just a cultural thing. If I go to this team, everything will be fixed. Turns out it probably wasn't. Um, and this just isn't for him. Like he's been doing this longer than I think people realize. Like he was a pro in here's the storm in Korea. Not a huge pro, but like he was trying to do this for a long time. Like he's been at the grindstone forever. Um, and that can only, you can only do that for so long before you're just burnt out of waking up gaming for eight hours a day for with on a game that is more of a job than it is anything leisurely. And then you go to sleep and you do it all over again. You know, it, it that, that, that wears on you, especially when you've got, you know, expectations to meet and this, that, the other thing. Um, you know, I definitely think it's like Giska said, incredibly mature and, uh, you know, wish him the best. Hopefully he's, he's happy wherever he goes and, you know, maybe he can kind of, uh, you know, pivot and still be that, uh, crazy character just on, on a stream, you know, and that's cool too. Cause uh, I think people still like that stuff, you know, people still want you to go out there and, and, be a character and be a personality and, and, you know, tell everybody you're the most handsome, best main tank ever. And nobody, you know, oh, if just wait, if I come back to the overwatch league, you know, stuff like that, you know, I, I think that he still definitely has a, has room to, to be that kind of personality that we're kind of desperately needing. So best of luck to him. Hopefully he's uh, happy with wherever he goes next. So something I do want to point out is that the soul dynasty press release did um, put it as a retirement from Overwatch League. Um, so this is something where, unless something drastically changes, sounds like they mutually agreed mm -hmm. to let him go with the clause that he doesn't come back to Overwatch League probably at least till the end of season two. Do you think I mean, we see? Yes. Uh, do we think? Do you think we see Fisher again? 
no, but I right. think what that means is he triggered his. So every contract in the Overwatch League, I to my awareness, I think it's a standard clause, is that you have a retirement clause you can pull at any given time, which keys like which cancels the contract between the team and the player, but also makes it so that the player then has a non-compete, meaning he cannot be signed to any other team unless the team waives the non-compete. Or and they can do that, to my uh, understanding, in order to sell the player's contract to another team. But teams definitely cannot be cheated out of a transfer fee if they don't want to, right? Mm. But yeah, I think that's basically what it means. And I also think the way he was talking on the stream, it doesn't seem like he will do anything else but play um, Overwatch um, on his stream. It's also like if you want to stream, it's probably not a good decision to do it. Maybe in the beginning to to create like a fan base for yourself because that's the game you're known for, and then yeah. quickly transition into uh, whatever is hot right now. I think Teamfight Tactics is a good one for him that he also mentioned that he likes playing. He did buy a bunch of Mordekaisers, so I'm not sure how good he is at the game, and. Um, Yeah, and that's also not good. But um, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, he's he he's sounded done. It kind of sucks too, to be fair. Like, I don't know if again reportedly. I don't know if 222 would have brought back any kind of, um, you know, big, crazy aggro Winston meta. But there's always that chance that, like, mm. dang, if you just waited a little bit longer, we might have gotten Fisher back on a hero that he's super comfortable with, maybe on a new team and and being that star player that we, we kind of know and love. So it's it's kind of bittersweet in that sense. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting um, bombarded by my dog right now. He is just you know, super, that's okay. he's super interested in this granola bar. Uh, Dad. Hey, excuse me. Can can I have a little bit of that? No, thank hey, you, bud. Are you, no, you going to finish that? Are you sure? All right, I'm just going to just gonna sit and wait uh, here. That's a pretty good internal Choji voice. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It's a bummer to see Fisher go, uh, but mm. at the same time, it was almost equally a bummer to see him stay and not play. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe more so for me. I mean, clearly the talent is there. You don't go from being, um, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. That's a whole probably other conversation in itself. But we have a lot to talk about, including the new Toronto Defiant editions. Uh, so the Toronto Defiant have added Logics and Mangachu. Yeah. Uh, kind of exciting. We didn't see any logics in their first match. Um, it wasn't the Outlaws that they played against. Who was it? Um, we, I will tell you in a second. We didn't see him there, but we did see logics uh, in um, against Houston. They went 0-4 yes. in the first game, and I don't know why I didn't write down the opponent. And 1-3 in the second game against uh, the Houston Outlaws. Uh, God's pretty recent addition overall Mangachu and logics also as well mixed roster so yiska is happy uh it's against the gladiators by the way against the gladiators. Four against gladiators three one you sell 
So, um, Yuska, you've uh, you've tweeted, I believe, publicly a few times about the the defiant in the Montreal Rebellion and uh, mixed rosters and um, mm-hmm. all those kind of convos. So, I'd love to hear your your analysis on this pickup because number one, this puts them pretty consistently in three, three Western three, three Korean. Right. So, um, I think so. I have to, I have, I'm There's a decent split there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. English it's, speaking it's, in Korean. Depends on place. Yeah. It's definitely mixed. Uh, you had logics who was on the Florida mayhem in season one. Obviously they did not perform very well. Mangachu has been around for a long time. Um, he's he reminds me a lot of Dogman in a lot of the ways, or honestly, Gods as well as another great player mm-hmm. of someone who was around for a long time and kind of you kind of saw their stock go down when they weren't picked for Overwatch League in the beginning, and then boom, they're back up. So, Yiska, what's your take on this one? Uh, are, a, do you like the moves? Let's start there. Okay. Um. So okay. Just to sort of uh, restate what I mean by when I like, when I say I like hybrid rosters, I think the potential for hybrid rosters is, longer, is bigger and the potential to pick up players, you have a bigger talent pool, if you can make it work with your coaching staff and the Defiant has coaching staff that speaks both languages. Um, if all of that works, then it's a better platform, I think, in the long run. Now, also, as the talent thins out and, you know, we have an episode where I evaluate all of this. So um, now it depends on the quality of the players that you're signing, right? So, no, it does okay. not. That's not what you said. <laughs> yes, you're not go- going to instantly be right like there with all the other hybrid crosses swimming at the top like a fat bubble on water just because you're a hybrid crosser. That's not what I'm saying, right? But... Um, it was also so in terms my nickname t- for high school swim team, by the way. Fat bubble on water. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I'm done. I'm done interrupting yeah. you. Somebody in YouTube is going to make a comment about that. <laughs> <Shut> real- <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I would say, let's start with the positive. I think Logix is a great signing. I was always of the opinion that he could be one of, if not the best in Western uh, player in the Overwatch League if he wanted to. Okay, at this point, I didn't foresee Sinatra or Super uh, going this far, right? But certainly, he has the potential. He has shown the potential in the match as well, even though we can't overhype him just yet, right? Um, because so little sample size, once again. But um, so in terms of logics, I've, I'm absolutely behind that signing. All good. Uh, bringing him in. Also, if we look at the signings from Toronto in general, I don't think I'm over, or I hope I'm not over-interpreting this, but if we're looking, they promoted three of the uh, academy players, and they got another player that didn't have a buyout. That should suggest to you that they are trying to get the best bang for their buck while also having players that already have a salary so they can make it till stage four. Stage four for them still a quite easy stage, have a ridiculously easy schedule in comparison. I think one of the easiest ones of any team in, uh, throughout the season. And they still potentially have the chance for the play-ins, right? They just dropped out of a play-in slot, theoretically definitely still uh, in reach. now. 
A rebuild this late in the season, season always very hard. And I think there are definitely uh, certain holes in the roster. I'm not convinced uh, of the level of play of gods in terms of like Overwatch League level. Sharik is interesting. Um, I'd, I'd probably not pick him over other European main tanks, but once again, if you need a, uh, would need to pay a buyout for those, then um, that's of course like if my hypothesis is right, and I have mm -hmm. no behind the scenes information there, but like that is of, of course out of reach. But one player that definitely comes to mind is Numlot, who's been going nuts and would be a shame if he actually didn't make it in because the roster lock is closing in five days. And he's the, to, to be fair with two to two, we don't know uh, how he would look there, but we would see. We don't really know the matter for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but based on the last couple of months, I think he would be a prime su suspect that you would want to sign if you're going for a Western main tank. Um, I who else is in there? Who else was signed? I'm missing one player. Mangachu. Mangachu. I mean, we're playing a lot of Farah in Overwatch League right now. That's actually one thing that I feel like is underappreciated, just how much Farah we are seeing. On some maps, for some teams, she's a staple, especially on certain 2CP maps. Oh. Um, we, uh, we saw her on King of the Hill. And hybrid first points. Definitely. So they, they have a decent play rate. Now the question is, can you fill then into the other slots, especially on hybrid first points? Can you then slot into the uh, likely Brigitte role, whatever, right? Has done it, though. So we have to definitely take that into account. I'm also not mad at them signing Canadian talent. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not someone that considers this to be hugely influential, but certainly like the economic bottom line makes sense. I will also say that from the best of my knowledge, uh, Mangachu would have been able to join the Overwatch League, but was seemingly waiting for a team that made sense for him. The Canadian team does make sense for him, so maybe we're underrating Mangachu in what kind of uh, standing he was with Overwatch League teams. Maybe he did get more offers, but didn't accept them and uh, wanted to maybe be in a Canadian team, even though Vancouver was out of the question or wanted to be on an uh, American team in general. Um, then the thing, honestly, I'm a big fan of is actually signing a facility for the uh, Montreal Rebellion. Now, honestly, I'd, I'd make him a two-way instantly. Now, I don't know if you can, after the roster lock has concluded, sign your two-way player onto a proper player contract if that needs to happen, right? So it'd be an interesting loophole to see if anybody like triggers that. Cause I mean, like look at what happened in the preseason where teams were using their Academy teams to loophole the preseason signing kind of, uh, exclusivity mm -hmm. period, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's a possibility. Now oh, the defined, the thing is, okay. For Valiant, they ha actually had a, quite a bit of time with the mid-season break to sort of get their stuff together. I think they even uh, didn't have a play day on in the second stage last play day. So they had like, I think, five weeks or six weeks off. So they had a lot of time to rebuild. Uh, Defiant doesn't have that luxury. So this is going to be certainly an uphill battle. And I'm not sure I would even rate them better than their old team at this point, which makes sense because it's a new roster. Yeah, even though three of the players have played with each other, but 
then again, like you got to transition into a, a multilingual um, roster. I think as far, yeah, two players don't speak uh, any f form of fluent English, I think, with um, eight or Rocky or Ivy. Um, but Neko does. Well, are you saying that uh, Aid and Roki don't speak fluent English? I would say probably not, but I think they can. I think they understand, and I think they can communicate okay. well enough that they get by. Ivy, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure Aid and Roki can speak decent enough English. The the problem really is for me that I I'm I'm sure it, there were problems in actualizing this new strategy for them sure. in a more timely fashion. But the t uh, the clock is ticking, right? And as Valiant needed almost one and a half stages with a mid-season break in the middle to get to the speed they are now, Toronto needs to do it in much less time and mm -hmm. with a less less homogenous roster, I would say. Sure. Um, yeah. And that certainly probably is going to be a struggle, but they're schedule certainly helps with adaption and you know the the whole reported uh two 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 move coming in stage four you know this is something that's going to shift power structures around are you a team that make the stage playoffs in season or in stage three no okay cool you have an extra week ahead of the teams that do have to play in the stage playoffs right mm -hmm. yes that's, that's going to set you ahead yeah, yeah. with a new roster building that morale building that confidence new players you have a little bit of a, an, a a kind of a honeymoon injection where it's a new team okay out with the old in with the new well we can't think about that old roster like we do this roster like it's it's different right um i don't know how many times we hear about you know teams moving pieces around just to kind of find the thing that works but also just change something up so that it doesn't it's not representative of the Owen 40 Shanghai dragons. It's not representative of the, you know, the Owen seven Valiant. Right. Um, so I like this move weirdly enough, because if you go back and look at the last few episodes, I've been pretty critical of defiant. Um, I think this postures them pretty well in general, even for the future, they have a core that they could move into for 2020. That's fully Western. They could stay mixed. They could go fully create again. They have a lot of different playroom. I think they've been, funnily enough, especially when we talk about the Florida Mayhem, I think they've been very aggressive with their signings, moving people into their academy team, moving people up from their academy mm -hmm. team, really utilizing that. Love that. Um, mm -hmm. Don't agree with all of the signings. I like Mangachu going into, you know, 222, whatever that looks like, especially with some sort of weird meta. He is a very strange character when it comes to Overwatch and the heroes that he plays. Known for a Hanzo forever. Known for the Farah. Known for, you know, weird heroes, right? So That's going to benefit them as long as they use it. That's my big key here. You actually have to use his hero pool to your advantage. You don't have to, though. You don't have to do it all the time. You have Ivy. Fantastically yeah. standard player. You bring in Mangachu for those weird maps. You know, oh, you want to play Bunker on Eichenwald Stage 4? Cool. We put in Mangachu. He can still play Brig if that's a thing. I don't know. 
Logics again, another super standard player. Can we talk about Logics popping off on his return to the Overwatch League? That kid looked like a monster. Mm. I thought this was Movie Star Riders. Double, that was double insane. Thumbs up. Yep, for me. Yep. It was super good. I was so impressed. You know, somebody who you know publicly has has battled with kind of public anxiety and and I wouldn't say stage anxiety, but you know finding it difficult to reach that potential and what a what a return um also and constantly I think somebody so also constantly ridiculed um mm -hmm. you know at, on the florida mayhem when you when you when people would talk about the problems there were four other players on that roster that were the problem logics largely played well but without a team to support you how much can you do right like yeah, and and we 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 saw this kind of happening too, where he took the brunt of a lot of the criticism, despite the fact that he probably should not have been the direction for that. And uh, I, I think I think uh, most of like the the analysts, and I know you know uh, Sideshow and Bran, who we talked to quite frequently, didn't feel that way. But there there are definitely a lot of people who are just like you know Logic played so well here, and their team popped off, and now he's not doing that anymore. And I'm like, well, you can't pop off if you can't even you know i also love how we're measuring like how good of a player is by how often they pop off it's like yeah guys that's like almost one of the worst things to measure that, a player skill yeah that's i almost feel like that's the problem this it's also for instance for widows it's definitely in the aim style someone that has for instance ridiculous flick aim will always be higher rated than someone that has good game sense, knows where to uh, put the crosshair to, and just has to, you know, do minor adjustments or just has to time shots, even though they're just as effective, or in fact, even more so. Like that, that was historically always a problem with Logics that he flew under the radar, statistically was an absolute monster. If anyone cared about the, uh, the kill feed, they would have realized. But what you see in terms of like people want, okay, in CSGO, you have a, have a player that is an absolute freak in terms of flick aims, right? His name is Simple, and this guy, usually you commit to an angle in CS, right? You say, okay, I expect the, the player to come from this angle, so I'm putting my crosshair here because his head is coming here, right? But there's another angle here, and if he's coming from there, that's my 50-50 chance. I have game sense, I can determine. This kid sometimes puts their crosshair in the middle and is able to make these flick, flick shots on both positions. It's a ridiculous premise, right? Now, whether or not that is actually the best way to play the game, and the, it, be that as it may, it's definitely the sexiest, though, right? Definitely, yeah. White masses. And also, we haven't seen that type of uh, gameplay much at all, sadly, because of goats, right? Like these... It's... Hmm. Aim is a weird thing for FPS players, even though it's definitely, of course, like a, a big thing. Even in Quake and whatnot, like shooters weren't predominantly won by the sickest aimers. There's strategy, there's timing, there's game sense. These mostly outweigh. Only if you're the full package will you then say see sick aim. And very rarely are people able to dominate. Uh, an FPS only based on aim. And mm -hmm. I also, also think that this was something where we, like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but 
Logic's stats and Logic's win rate, or t the team with Logic's last season, and okay, of course we can question the sample size again, the Florida Mame looked better when Logic's was on the roster than with Saleh player. Now, if you ask anyone who was the better widow or would have an MVP voting for the public masses, don't know why you would do that, by the way. Terrible decision. Oh, we're doing that again this, this year. Fun. Um, but <laughs> How do you feel? Like, of course, it's going to be 95% Saleh player, right? So that's sadly the case there. Uh, our pacing in this show sucks, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're two things into the news. Mm. Anyways, big changes for the Defiant. Um, really quickly before we move on, how long before you think that this team puts it together? They didn't have a stellar week one um, by any means. But uh, is, this, is this a team that just needs to kind of get some time together and needs that time to adapt to each other? Or is this a team that... Maybe, maybe we won't see much change here for the rest of uh, the year. I don't. For the rest of the year, I think they're. Mm, it's gonna be like when we think about like stage four and two, two, two. Like there's so many teams that I just immediately are like, oh dang, I really want to see that team in like some sort of weird DPS meta. That'd be really cool. Toronto doesn't immediately jump out, but again, new roster, new landscape, new meta. I like I, I hate to be cliche, but I think anything could happen. Um, are they going to be like top five? Probably not. But I wouldn't be shocked to see them like battle for like a 12th or 13th place. Like definitely above where they have been. I think they could probably win some matches, like Giska said. Um, apparently they're down at like easy 17, 18, right? Um, this stage they are. So 19th. stage they are 19th, 0-5, minus 14, literally tied with Washington uh, Justice. Yep. Justice have <laughs> tied four maps. And I mean, next week isn't, isn't e yeah. any easier for them. Like, okay, here's my thing with that week. But the Defiant overall are 17th. And yeah. keep in mind, yeah. they went 5-2 and two in stage one, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah. they had a pretty good stage one. Here's my thing with their week. I honestly would say completely abandon the last week. It, it does suck that you're going to uh, have to lose against a direct opponent in Atlanta rain, but it's so hard. But focusing on this week, you're not going to win against NYXL. That's not happening. And you might maybe... I've given them the 20% chance against Atlanta with the current roster. So should you rather take that week and... Fully commit into the next season, that uh, stage. Sorry, that that's the thing, dude. Wait, you gave Toronto a twenty percent against Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, I, I give him that. Maybe even a little bit more, to be honest with you. I don't know. I, I feel like see. I feel like that's low. Like I'm not like Atlanta's zero and five as well. I need to double check. I mean, I I know that they haven't had the easiest. Yeah, yeah they've they also taken. Yeah, they've done pretty well for themselves, I think, this stage in particular. Like, taking Shock to, like, Game 5, pretty impressive. I think they are, they took a map off of Vancouver, played that fairly close. Like, I think 0-5 isn't really that representative of how, like... They've, they've still been inconsistent, don't get me wrong, but they still kind of do have something in them, if that makes sense. Is that Does that come out against Defiant? Hard to say. Yeah, I guess they did have pretty tough. They played Vancouver, then they go ahead, turn around, and then they play Shanghai, who definitely is nothing to... Yep. Um, 
the old four loss to Seoul. Seoul is kind of sucks. Man, I don't. I'm, Seoul losing to Philly sucks. Losing to Houston. Mm -hmm. Losing to Philly. Oh, no, that's Paris Eternal. Sorry. They have the same logo. Let's be real. <laughs> one's a rooster, one's a bird. I don't know. They're the same. They're literally the same color. <laughs> All right. But and anyways, I'll, I, I'd give them 30. I'd Maybe, give, yeah. I'd give them 30. I, I, I would say, even though I could have like slithered, slithered out of this question, because I think you asked Joe if they would get it together, I could have said nothing. And it also pains me to say this, because I'm uh, like friends with Bora and whatever. I don't think they will get it together this season. You don't think so, really? No. Boo. Well, I have, I have, I have a good. I, I can't wait for the awkward conversations in our Discord now. Thanks. You know, I'm not gonna lie. This, this is probably a hot take. This is coming in like meteorite, blue hot, like straight from the atmosphere. I don't hate the Toronto Defiant versus NYXL matchup. I'm actually interested to see what that looks like. Okay. I mean, okay. Hear me out. You know exactly what I'm gonna say, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I they have like a Chengdu chance of beating NYXL. Like they've already started playing Chengdu these chance. off meta. They're they're playing in this this shifting meta game right now. You know we're seeing a lot more bunker on maps, especially control. Um, we're, we're seeing Widowmakers come out, do extremely well. NYXL is still shifting their strategy. Sabiobi has looked better. I'll give him that. No, he hasn't. He has looked absolute oh, Okay, come on. Go back and watch the Houston game and tell me he hasn't improved since then. In the game against Dallas, that was the... I don't think I've seen a player perform worse this season than... No, he, he actually had a worse game than Sather mm. against Dallas. I don't know. I think, by was, and large, maybe he misperformed that game. I, I was messing around that. with the replay video to, today. I was I was going to make his checked in the uh, the full type of <laughs> type of content. Like the th stuff he did. If someone told me he was intoxicated from something in his food, I would totally believe that. That was an absolute like show. I again to my point. Like there is a not zero chance that the Toronto Defiant come in. Play some Maybe, weird yeah. stuff. Catch yeah. NYXL looking on a travel date. You know they have to travel. Both teams have to travel. To be fair, so that's not really a point against NYXL. But there's a lot of things that are changing up for them. Also, at changing up with Toronto Defiant, uh, I still think NYXL has to be the favorites in this match. But I think yeah, it yeah. could be closer than what people expect. You mean percentage, so we can all laugh about you in chat. Um, I'll say like. 3565 NYXL. Something like that. I just had an out of body experience. <laughs> Chat do your worst. Oof. I don't I don't oh think it's God. I don't think it's that crazy. I cannot believe you just did uh, I got I got I got to brush my teeth with it. No, all right. Yeah, chat's not digging it, but at the same time, I will say the reaction was he's brushing his teeth. Unreal. <laughs> he's actually brushing his teeth. I will say this. Who called uh, Valiant for 11th? What was the reaction on that one, chat? Bunch of idiots. Who, Just kidding. I think there was also idiots. a recent Valiant game that uh, I got correct and Yiska got wrong. Wasn't that not the Valiant London game that they 4-0'd London? Pretty convincing. What say you, sir? You may want to go back to brushing your teeth. 
Uh, who? I I'll make a podcast while with a toothbrush in my mouth if... Uh, Listen, bud, you might want to check those league standings because by the end of the, by a uh, couple months time, this is going to be the Lord podcast. All right. <laughs> so, so wait, you're saying that you will create a podcast with you only brushing your teeth of Toronto? No, I will. I will. I will show up on the next. I hope uh, you get boxed. No, you're not podcast. coming on my you show with a toothbrush in your mouth. I'll just put it like this. <laughs> I will tell We're you just this. going to do it like this. No, we're not. But you, <laughs> you will record a fifteen-minute Yiska Yiska thoughts. What about for, for our patrons? Mm -hmm. There yes. it is, the patron perk. Sure. If Toronto right. defeats NYXL, how that could happen? Yeah, how it happened. All right, fair enough. Fifteen minutes on the Patreon. You're welcome, chat. All right, there you go. That's why you be a patron on this podcast. Is I just make up perks as. Perks on the say, fly. As these guys say stupid things. All right. Uh, next up. So I don't want to. Uh, we're kind of running low on time. We've got a lot to go on. Uh, I want to talk about Taimu for a second. So we, we mm -hmm. had kind of joked last week. Uh, Taimu had posted about not getting a lot of game time. Game time and um, turns out Surefor has leaked it that Taimu was fined $3,000 for that tweet. Had to take it down. But he got playtime. So the real question is, Yiska, if you're not getting playtime, you're making a minimum of 50K a year. Do you spend $3,000 so that you can play in the Overwatch League? Go. He's also making a lot more than 50K. Let's be honest here. Tennis players sure. are all very well paid. And I think it was a worthwhile investment just economically because it might have raised his, uh, his market value possibly for next season or it might have even been an investment into the rest of his career. Like it was going badly in that sense, right? If if time wasn't coming out for two 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 or before, then I'd like to see the team that takes a chance on him, right? What I will say though, what I saw was actually very good, and it, of course it was against a terrible Sebiobi, but he had his number on several occasions. I think I counted four times where they both have EMP, had an EMP and he EMP'd him into the EMP in a very impactful situation that ultimately, I think three of those four times won them the fight. So just like completely styling on him generally, I think I only counted Sabiobi getting two kills on, on Taimu and then, of course, these direct comparisons don't even make sense, but I'm engaging with Redditor arguments against my article right now, so bear with me. Um, it was like 10-2 or something. Um, and in general, he I think he looked... Dude, the angles he takes on Widow, nobody does. It's just audacious. Like, especially on Paris, that was... Stupid. Where he's standing in the middle of like the main alleyway on B, just like trying to find headshots through bushes, like randomly shooting past corners, like thinking he was gonna catch like a, a sombra cloak. Like, he's just yeah. a ballsy like player, you know, just like coming out. He's got his chance, you know. He got uh, potentially got fined. Who the who the hell knows? Um, if you, by the way, it's it's true. If you snipe a uh, cloaked sombra, you win Overwatch League. Oh, that that's just the thing people. it's like it's like finding it's the, the golden, golden snitch. snitch yeah exactly yeah. it's the golden snitch of overwatch league just win yeah i love how all your metaphors are always harry potter by the way uh literary so, depth right hey here. yiska how about you answer the answer the f 
question. So, um, <laughs> should the Dallas Fuel refund Taimu the $3,000? No. Like, <laughs> disciplinary uh, measures need to be taken, but... But, like, you were yeah. right. We should have played you. Here's, here's half of that back. Don't tweet about us again. There it is. That's how yep. you do it. PR right there. <laughs> Anyways, great to see Taimu back. Did great. I hope he lands one of those golden snitch headshots. Uh, yeah. Got a couple funny drops this week. Fun, funny. I don't know. I just kind of grab these things every once in a while. Lighten it up here before we go into like the analysis. Uh, this is a fun stat shared by Overwatch League, which was kind of interesting. So Bumper, Stitch, and Hassel, or Haskell have not lost on Nambani in professional play since December 2017. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yiska either, but then again, he hasn't ridiculous. played the game since December 2017, so... No, it's, it's worse. They are smashing... Oh, just lost him. He's dead. He's gone. Like they're smashing, and then he said like an S word. I don't know if he's going to say scrims. Scrimbucks. Smashing salami sandwiches. What's other S words, chat? Quick. Uh, Fill us in. He's gone. He just disappeared. What was he saying? <laughs> Hashtag finish that sentence. No, no, we're not trolling you. He goes, are you trolling? No, you are frozen, bruh. All right. There, there he goes. All right. He's hold trying on. to load up. Is he there? Nothing. Wow. Chat. More S words. That's uh, that's how poor Keep of a take. Even Discord's like, no, no, no. You can't say that on the internet. That's wrong. He was far too young to die. Who reg EMP'd him? I don't know if he can hear me, but that's great, Pants Life. Jeez. He's back. I'm not back. There oh, you're back. back. All right. That's a this good thing. Uh, they were smashing scrims. That was a god. Um, thing, being uh, yeah. Hmm. So that like it's a, that map is just Yeah, you're not going to win it. Like I it's a problem if you I almost see like teams prepping, it's like, okay, uh, we're playing Vancouver. Which maps are we playing? Uh, I don't want to look. We'll look. Oh, that's nobody. Damn. Okay, we got to figure out how to win the other four maps pot potentially. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Anyways, interesting stat. Uh, man, year and a over a year and a half now. Okay, one real quick, real quick. I have been pretty impressed with the lower thirds and Captain Planet's work as of like this stage i think they've really started to like pull some pretty interesting stuff okay. like um the last okay uh what was it oh i think it was guard um guard came out for london in their last match and like had like a stat that was like one in every 20 hacks resulted in a kill I was like, oh, dang, like, is that normal? And then like doing a little bit of digging and asking around like that's like unheard of when it comes to like trend or uh, conversions on hacks. Like I, I just they're really starting to Captain Planet's like I'm killing at this stage in particular. Like I've noticed like a couple of them, like this whole bumper stitch and Huxall thing. Um, there's another one I can't remember, but like just hats off to him. Just wanted to give him a little bit of credit. All right. There you go, Captain Planet. You're welcome. Got your <laughs> time to shine on the show. 
Uh, next thing as well, kind of interesting. The Atlanta Rain homestand jerseys were teased by Ultimate Esports or whatever the thing is. That weird they, jersey company. Yeah, the jersey that's better than Fanatics. Um, <laughs> they, uh, it's kind of this uh, interesting um, like baseball jersey style stuff. So I have to ask you, Yiska, as a European, where you don't really have baseball and baseball style jerseys, as far as I know and understand. Mm, no, we don't. What what are your thoughts on uh, the a the homestand jerseys in general and b baseball jerseys as esports jerseys? Because right now esports largely just uses like the soccer style, right? Like mm-hmm. the dry fit t shirt. Yeah, with, with I, a million logos printed on there. See, the thing is. Coming up with gamer culture clothing is really hard. Like we don't really have any requirements. If we if we would do it authentically, it would be like I don't know, like cheese crust sauce all over the t-shirt. Like it would come with that. And oh, then come on, get off pants. it. Get but, off uh, it. <laughs> I think everybody has, you know, sweatpants. To be fair. I, I yeah, personally I, I would love uh, esports hockey jerseys. I, I think hockey jerseys are the best for esports. I don't know. Fight me. I think um, what really stood out about uh, 100 Thieves and League of Legends was their, uh, was their jersey choice. They came out and started the, the baseball jersey, and I thought that was always kind of interesting. Um, it made them stand out. It made them look a little different. I think Echo Fox during their... Uh, I think they made like a finals appearance in like a domestic. Um, I don't know if it was spring or summer, but they came out and had like a, a really cool, uh, interesting kind of unique jersey. I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like they're just forcing a lot of these different jerseys like really hard. Is that is that just me? Yeah, There's just like a bajillion of them now. I, I don't understand why we need to be so focused on sports instead of like actually getting designers in and doing some dope shit. Like, that was one of the cool things about Brood War back in the day, where they compl- went completely wild. Of course, some of the stuff, like the the weird uniforms that look like... Oh, like the super the old ones? 70s one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Those of course, rad. not this ridiculous. And also not KDP, uh, you know... Like, Doing the, the jumpsuit. Yeah, these things. Yeah. Like, But just get, get some designer in to be very creative also in shapes and whatnot and develop some style there honestly like different patterns don't don't faze me much uh this episode of tactical crouch um i don't know tactical thread podcast or whatever or yes tactical thread count podcast i'll give you fashion advice for your yeah don't ask me i have like a total of like three shirts apparently like uh (laughs) Listen, there's a lot of things that we're authoritative on. In one fashion is not one of them, folks. No, like, fashion no, would be at the bottom <laughs> next to like bass fishing. But I actually let me take that back because I think I falsely gave you the opinion or the impression that I care about these things. I really don't. I really don't. They could be sitting there naked. What it if shows. they revealed shows, uh, pinky, the rings? What? pinky rings? Pinky no, rings? No, no, Atlanta homestand pinky rings. No. I, think, I think you definitely care about that, though. Anklets, Atlanta. Yeah, I would care about anklets. that. Chat, what you don't understand is that Yiska has a hand fetish, and no, he obsesses and has a very strange memory over the, uh, people's hand jewelry. I don't know how many that times is, that much is true. 
we we could be watching an Overwatch stream and he just like era- for whatever reason there's nothing there's nothing possible that he could be upset over and he just flips out and you just kind of know that there's like a 70% chance that somebody has a new ring on and he's now just ha- having a small conniption wow yeah it's all seamless small too similar hands i love it how that's yeah. an actual like that's like leprosy <laughs> somehow everyone was like it was all good then semla came in with this weird like it wasn't really a ring it was one of these things that you do like in sixth grade where you like do pearls on like strings or whatever and then they form a pattern and he had that on and then mm-hmm. just Mitch went nuts, and Zoe went nuts, and everyone went nuts. I mean, Wanty, of course, always historically went nuts. I remember he had a, a whole disc at one of the worlds for League of Legends, where it was literally the entirety of his hand was like on top of a ring that I think was either like, may, like on his middle finger or on both fingers. <sighs> like, yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> This uh, jewelry podcast sponsored by Battle Crab Made and Peter Y. Thank you for supporting the We're gonna refund uh, hand jewelry. The, uh, we're going to refund all the Patreon. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, <laughs> let's, let's make it that. I will. If we do the, the stream, right? For the, what do we call it? Like night stream, whatever. The game night. Um, game night stream. Mm-hmm. People in chat should just ask me for specific jewelry or rings for specific casters or talent oh he'll be able to tell you verbatim like i will be able to it's disgusting how like accurate like how he remembers he has like a photographic memory of people's rings or jewelry that they wear on their hands i guess it doesn't have to be a ring yeah it's is that is that i don't know all right i'm pulling in the reins knock it off with you (laughs) (laughs) knock it off all right let's talk about some of the matches from last week uh kind of the big upset i would say uh, this this last week, San Francisco Shock lose to Chengdu Hunters three to two. So the big question is, Joe, why do the Shock suck? They don't. Why Chengdu are they the just, worst uh, team in the league? Oh, right look now? at just him now you. talking. <laughs> just Chengdu catches you, man. Yeah, yeah Chengdu is yeah. just a wily team. To be um, fair, the the Shock, shock has been, the Shock has yeah. been caught by a few teams. Mm-hmm. They got caught by Atlanta. They got caught by Houston. Houston. I mean, okay. They did not get caught by Seoul. Um, They did not get caught by Uprising or Mayhem, thank God. Yeah, and they get caught here by Chengdu before uh, 4-0-ing London. So they either uh, lose in five or uh, sweep. Yep. By the way, just so we're not wrong, but... uh, I think you said that Atlanta got them. Atlanta lost three two against Shock. Did I did I misspeak? Yeah, I think so. No. Just so we got it just right. The right. chat doesn't. Yeah. Settle down, chat. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. San Francisco Shock wins in five. But still it's the Atlanta Rain. Yeah. I don't know what, what else to tell you. Uh, so, uh, what, we should probably do Chengdu a whole segment on this. So is it but. Chengdu pretty good or Shock really struggling here in stage three? Um, I would say struggling. I think 
it's difficult to kind of stay motivated and it's difficult to stay at the top for as long as they did. Um, Why? I think, well, you're, you're out there every week, you know, you're, you're practicing, I think pretty equally for each match. I think people are gunning specifically for you in your matches. If that makes sense. Like just like how NYXL was in season one, like you're the team to beat just like how the Titans are. Um, so people want to beat you. That's kind of a statement victory for them. Um, and I think that's possibly how teams are looking at the shock. Like they kind of have to prove themselves uh, versus this team. Do I think that the shock will definitely, well, do I think that they'll kind of turn around in playoffs? Probably. I think they're better suited for like a playoff format where they have one opponent in front of them. They just have to beat the opponent and then they go to the next opponent. Right. Um, I think they're probably made for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're struggling per se. I think they're kind of settling down. I think they had their peak stage two and yeah, they're just kind of settling in, um, pretty uncharacteristic losses, you know, like obviously against Houston and shock, I mean, Houston and Chengdu. Um, is it a question of how seriously they took those matches? I don't know. Um, Chengdu, again, very difficult to prepare for. Like, that's a team you don't want to have to play a whole ton of in the regular stage games. When you play them in the playoffs, a little bit easier to to handle and, and to manage. But, yeah, difficult, difficult to prepare for, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's fair to say at this point, though, if someone was to make power rankings, I think you have to put Vancouver at number one. Yeah. Just like 100%. how they trounced uh, Gladiators. Um, of course, yes, it is kind of uh, a problem to lose against Valiant, even though Valiant is definitely the only up and up, but they're probably not a top three team just yet. But that seemed to give them a little bit fire under their butts, and uh, yeah, with shock falling off, with NYXL looking as they did against Dallas, I think you you got to give it to Vancouver at this point. Yep, hundred percent, totally, totally with you there. And while we have the Chengdu doing well, you know, gotta love me some of that. The Valiant man, this turnaround from this roster has been anything but unimpressive this is this has been pretty crazy like you go from yeah. being terrible in the first two stages putting a main tank on main support and now you go to 4 owing london spitfire and you know arguably being a top three team maybe a top four team depending on where you put them top five um, i think with hangzhou as yeah, well right? yeah definitely like la beating london like that's pretty impressive. And to be fair, yeah. AI called this, so I'm a little bit biased, but they look convincing when they did it, too. Granted, this is a London that still is like trying to figure out where they sit. They're playing Guard yeah. over Profit. They're playing specifically Sombra now, where they haven't in the past. Where do we want to go with this? Do we want to talk about how good Valiant is, or do we want to talk about like London being weird? Yes. I'm so triggered by London. Yes. I'm so triggered off the planet by London. Like, okay, so, hmm. Okay, we want to play Sombra Goat. So, uh, Prophet, ooh, he actually hasn't looked too good on Sombra. So, what we'll do is take him out, 
even though we know he A is very flexible and B is definitely a better brig than Bird Rain. Like what what's the that's thing? Like I don't understand. Like the the thing is London's previously showed some promise, but that move is just uh, I don't know, beyond my comprehension. The only thing, okay, here, here's, the, here's the caveat I have to give. It's possible that pe uh, people have injuries. That's actually, I'm trying to put a feature on this together. There are more injuries in Overwatch League than people expect. Huh. Injuries? As in, uh, like, repetitive stress interesting. Yeah. Yeah. RSI. Like yeah. Getting sick, I guess, wouldn't be an injury, but, you know, yeah. people get sick. You gotta sit yeah. out. Yeah. Interesting. All right. But what 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 do you think makes Valiant so good? Is it is it that they've is it the the coaching staff? Is it the system? Is it them being ahead of the game when it comes to the meta? What what would you if you had to pick one specific thing? What do you think um, has really skyrocketed Valiant to the the highest of highs and being within the top five? Arguably, you know, I think mm -hmm. super. Um, at the end of the recent match, and the winners' interview said that they were the the best team, next to the shock, obviously. Mm. So, though <clears throat> to be fair, he didn't want to answer the question. No, then, not at all. Like, so it was it was very much like uh, uh, I don't want to like yeah, yeah, I don't know the valiant, the valiant. Mm. So I don't know if I, like I I could be wrong here, but I don't know if that was not I, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent accurate but i i would like to believe that there's probably some shred of truth i think i think that there are teams it. now that are preparing for the valiant who wouldn't have prepared for yes. the valiant before definitely yeah which so, is a big deal right yeah i've actually really dope content coming out with um i had an interview with both packing and mike schwartz who's the gm and both of those, as well as the new coaching staff, are the facilitators of this comeback uh, in what they do. Also, we have to recognize it is a reoccurring thing with the Valiant that after the first unsuccessful stage, they get rid of their head coach and we see improvements. New systems work. They are the, if I had to give it to one thing, then it is the system. They have been continuously improving over the season. And while it initially didn't show as much in, in records, I think they went 07, 3, 4, and now they're sitting at 5 and 1. Is that correct? Let's see. Uh, Valiant are 5 and 2 with a plus 11 map differential. So they're, they're most likely in stage playoffs as well. Um, yeah, I think that's just... I described it as a um, love letter to the power of, um, what did I call it? Trajectory or uh, uh, constant, consistent improvement, mm. I, I guess is what I'm saying, right? To become better a little bit every day, to sit down long hours with, with, long hours with, uh, with players. And one thing, I guess I will use this quote, but what they pointed out is this is a meta where it's more important that everyone knows their role in and out rather than being a super good uh, player good player knowing the things you need to do and then applying them and that's this can be programmed and once again i think we, we were not wrong when we said goats is a coaching meta that um 
that's we sort of more th so possibly than other matters can see the quality of coaching from. Yeah. There's also just this aspect too, where um, I think KSF had recently uh, discussed it with Invin Global is like, there's just this aspect of synergy and trust that went away. And there are some mm. players who left the Valiant um, who were largely uh, uh, spoken mm. of as being instrumental to the kind of, success of their stage one even if they weren't necessarily the most impressive in and out you also go from the fact that you go from stage you know you go from uh the the highest in your division and second place overall in overwatch league uh season one to you're now here at the very bottom you're bot you're literally bottom feeding can't figure it out you've got some strong talent like there's, I think there's been no doubt that there's uh, strong talent on the LA Valiant roster. They've tried to make changes. They've finally done that. The meta has definitely, for whatever reason, been friendly to some uh, teams that have not traditionally done well in the past, and vice versa with uh, some teams that have. Like there's, there's so much going on there. I, you know, trust is such like a funny thing. It's kind of like. Um, you know, why is this, you know, why, why is this such a good thing? And you're like the power of love. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, it feels very you, like guy. <laughs> okay. F you. But I do think that there is, and you know, uh, having multiple friends, you know, who play on competitive esports teams, uh, professional sports teams, um, and everything else like do there is a level of camaraderie and respect and trust that does make a team successful. And that's empirical, but mm -hmm. it is definitely, it's definitely difficult to quantify and it's very easy to cop out on. Right. So, uh, you can't ever be like, nah, -uh. you guys had trust in. Yeah. It, it's a very like trust in game one of uh, stage yeah. three or two. And you guys still lost like, no, we didn't. It, it's a very convenient, like excuse to bring out for a lot of people because you can't prove it so it's like oh yeah we just lost you know the team chemistry and that trust you know the public can't know what goes behind the scenes you could be best buds behind the scenes for all we know right so like there are kind of these traps um but yes to to Yiska's point like this is a meta not of great players but good teams yeah for sure all right let's talk about the uh next week's games atlanta homestand Oh, yay! <laughs> Atlanta, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's the wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. We might as well just end the show because <laughs> there are there should be no games next week. How do you mess up these matches so much? Like, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but yeah, yeah. You can't. I I can't, I really can't blame the Overwatch League and like the format. Like, you can't expect these teams to just all be bad. We did. Yeah. I mean, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, I guess fusion against Shanghai, maybe. I think there's like I have, interesting so I have, I have upset Defiant potential. versus Atlanta Rain. I do think that there's a world where uh, Defiant can click a little earlier than uh, either of you guys are uh, willing to give them credit for. Um, trust Baroy. Look at John trying to make fans. French. I don't have fans, dude. Let's be real, man. I, I, I've read those one-star reviews and negative comments. They're never like, tell Yiska to shut up. Or tell, 
you know, or tell Joe to <laughs> stop should. interrupting everybody or tell, yeah, have Yiska stop shocking so John can talk more. That's, that's never happened. Uh, but I do think that there's a world. I, I think uh, 30, 35 is like where I would put it. 35, 40. And you think, uh, you think they do that well against like the home team? I think that uh, the home team is just as much of a uh, potential um, obstacle Upside. for teams. Mm-hmm. They haven't played. Maybe, the, they haven't played in the home uh, environment before. Sure. They don't know how they're going to affect that. We don't know how they can af- how they react to that type of pressure outside. That's true. Of, That's true. Um, Outside of that, I need to double check. Uh, what you need, bro? I will say though, I think it is Dogman's racial, if you want, that he gets a buff from a crowd. I think that's that's what's going to happen. Oh, glad! I'm glad that we're now entering the RPG realm, and yeah. he gets a plus two charisma modifier from so- the crowd. Neither neither teams played at the Dallas Fuel homestand, so literally neither of these teams have played outside of uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Burbank, California. Um, I don't know. Like, I just don't think. I think that home uh, home field advantage will be a thing mm-hmm. once it's been normalized. But right now, when you throw uh, players and teams into new environments, it does not necessarily mean that it's going to uh, reap positive results unless you're Dallas Fuel playing the Valiant and Houston Outlaws in Stage 2. <laughs> Which, come on. Uh, that was a great one for fan service. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that there's a world where that that's an interesting one to me, and I think people are immediately writing it off based on the yeah. variables that we have in Burbank, not the variables that we have in Atlanta. It's true. It's true. I, th- I do think that there probably at least will be one upset this week i don't know where i don't know what match but there's probably gonna be one akira says home field advantage is not scientifically proven at least not in overwatch as far as i know no it's okay i read a um a 538 i think it's their name uh article on this once and it it, there is actually something in professional sports about home field advantages at least i think in football international football as in soccer um and the home field advantage is you are influencing the referee in a, in his uh calling now that's not much of a thing in in overwatch is yeah. it so uh referees yeah. lol yeah. um yeah so I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that there is a home field advantage. I mean, you see, you definitely see it in professional sports overall. I don't know to the level of like influencing the actual outcome of specific calls as much as just having that rallying of the, you know, the fan base behind you being in a stadium that, you know, really well or uh, whatever. And, and know all the intricacies of, especially in baseball. I, I, I imagine Yiske would have some thoughts about how like all the baseball diamonds are, um, you know, the actual diamond themselves are the same, but some have all grass in fields. Some have mm-hmm. grass yep. and sand. Some are all sand, uh, different. They have different, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, distances to the, the home run fences in, uh, the outfield. If you're playing in Colorado, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. You know, your cardio is a little bit more stressed because of the altitude, right? Yeah, it's just different. There's like some, (laughs) some, 
Uh, there's a something called a pitcher's eye in baseball where they they make the background green so that you can see the ball coming at you. But not every mm-hmm. not every, uh, not every stadium, stadium has, has that. as good of a pitcher's eye as others. So yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables there. there. Anyways, totally yeah. a tangent to say that I I could totally see a but, Toronto Defiant Atlanta Rain thing being uh, interesting. Yeah. That- just real quick, because I found this very interesting. I did, never knew this was, was a thing, but there's actually a minimum maximum of soccer field length and, and uh, width. Oh. So it's not standardized. That is insane to me. Like oh, if, you're, like if the it's a physical really long field pitch, is not? Yeah. So no if, if there's actually a long pitch, faster players are way more like soccer field dimension standard according to FIFA. And it's like, it has to be minimum 90 meters and maximum 120. That is a huge difference. That's actually a big difference. What? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's like saying, okay, difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know. That's different. I know. So like uh, football is standardized as far as the actual size of the field goes. Um, Some indoor, some outdoor, some seats closer to the field some farther hockey again totally standardized yeah Um, Mm. doesn't matter is i i think i don't know enough about tennis to know if every court is standardized but obviously you have like the different types of courts right you have learned that one from mario tennis yeah i know roughly what those uh (laughs) roughly what those uh different uh tennis court types yeah reacts thanks to mario tennis so pretty good at mario tennis by the way um okay this was the weirdest tangent i think that we've ever done on. <laughs> yeah uh, i think the other interesting one this week though uh philadelphia fusion versus shanghai dragons uh this one could be interesting um fusion are kind of uh they're hanging in there right they're free falling no i wouldn't say hanging in there you think so? Free falling? Yeah, I think they're not great. I think they're going to get smoked. I don't think this is that. It. I th- I think this is probably going to be one of the better skill games, if that makes sense. Like, in terms of quality of the game, this should be a little bit better, but I don't think Shanghai is going to be dropping much against Philly. I Philly is a conundrum. Yeah, they're very weird to me. Hmm. Yeah, they've definitely been inconsistent this this uh, stage, right? So you have them get 4-0'd by the Spark, which, okay. Uh, 3-1 against the Gladiators, again, okay. Uh, 2-1, to one, um, or sorry, 1-3 to three against the Gladiators. 2-1 to one against the Boston Uprising, so they're 1-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Then they hop in, be, defeat the Atlanta Reign in five. And then we come down and they defeat the Uprising uh, three to two. So did I... Hold on. Hold, hold, hold your... Holding the phone. I love the fact that they played the Boston Uprising twice on a stage. Yeah. Do you love that fact as well? Yeah, amazing scheduling. Does that feel real good? Does that feel real good? Feels so, amazing. I don't know. Like it, it definitely hasn't been exceptional by any means, but mm. I mean, 
you know, outside of, you know, Atlanta, they lost to Vancouver. They go and then, or sorry, Shanghai. We should probably focus on Shanghai and not. So they defeat the Valiant going out of the, going out of the gates. Great. And then defeat the rain. Solid. Uh, not by much. And then lose to the Valiant. Yeah, understandable. Teams absolutely crushing at the stage. Jury's uh, jury's out. They lose to who are we talking about again? Shanghai. Shanghai. I keep looking at. They lose to the Valiant. Then they beat Gladiators three one. Pretty substantial. Then they beat Guangzhou on what would that be Saturday? No, you should be beating them, and then their final two games are again uh, on Saturday against Guangzhou, last match of the day. And then on Sunday, they kick off the last day of the Atlanta homestand against I, Philly. I remember I when really Joe lo- used to have hot takes rather than just be like, no, this is the, this this is the team game. winch. <laughs> I had hot takes. I said Toronto has a good chance of beating NYXL. Come on. I mean, that's an LSD take, like a nice DMT trip take, like third yeah. stage dementia type. Yeah, dude. I went and uh, visited Mr. Rogan and, uh, you know, the machine elves. But okay, here's the thing. How I, I'd love to see their, um, their parameters by which they schedule matches. Parameter? Parameters, sorry. Yes. Oh, did I do the German thing again where I only read pronunciation? Yes. Okay. Anyway, we're not going into this, but um, (laughs) the thing is, why is it that the Shanghai can have the last match of the day in a Chinese matchup and then they have the first match of the next day? And how is it also that the last match of the day isn't the home team? True. Last match of the True. day. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, that because is it's very not, bizarre. Because it's not that good of a match. Is it just like, oh yeah, we, we'll, we'll clean the stadium. <laughs> that <laughs> is really up. weird. Why it's is that not a thing? By, that, by map two. Everybody so, just leaves at map, map game yeah. three. Yeah. So, yeah, it is really interesting. I think, uh, like, day one... Uh, and they kind of make uh, yeah it's not you're right it's just weird that is bizarre they didn't even play the last game on day one they played Toronto game three yeah on day one and like, then Shanghai closes it out what I will also say someone made a very good point I sadly forgot who it was I think it was Masa who said putting the uh, the homestand as the fifth day of the ma- uh, week of the stage is actually a bad idea because so much is already determined. Like the the thing why it was hype was because it was week four and like playoffs were determined in that week. Right. So if I had okay, okay you gotta rent arenas. This is all again we're being idealistic. Yeah. But you probably don't want uh, week five because no, a lot of the stuff just doesn't matter. Is, is that always the case though? That stage four is where teams are qualifying, or uh, week four is where people are qualifying rather than week most five? of the time. I, I think probably realistically, we probably much need to pull the numbers than, on that one. 
but I don't yeah. know. Like uh, I, yeah. I mean, on the other hand, dude, it it is sad that it's an LA weekend because it doesn't feel that special then for the value. Mm-hmm. Even though I think it will be in a different arena and whatnot, and I'm not yeah. sure if if uh, the crowd will show up that way. But that one looks nuts in comparison. Yeah. Like we'll have shock against Titans. We'll have nice. the. LA Gladiators against the LA Valiant. Hype. That is hype. We have Spark against Shang- uh, Shanghai at that time. Hype. You could argue that Boston against Rain could be even for the uh, season playoffs. Even Dallas against Rain could be one of those. Yeah, a lot of playoff yeah, potential really, there. They're Dude, going out with a bang. Every game man. is a banger. There's one non-banger game. Next game is then not, uh, NYXL against Vancouver. Yeah. That also happens that weekend. And then Shock against Valiant. All of those are bangers, with the exception, I think, uh, between Up- Boston Uprising and NYXL. Well, they're bangers I'm not right convinced now. that Shock versus Valiant is going to be that much of a banger. Mm, I guess I mean, it they depends. won against them once. If it was right now, we, we've discussed Sorry. I'm, 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 I'm misremembering. Sorry. I'm misremembering. I, I thought Titans, but they they are the the team that uh, defeated the Titans. If this translates into two to two, we don't know. But yes, um, exactly. Big caveat there. <laughs> they yeah. all they all suck. They well, all, next, next season they all suck. But that's two out of eight, dude. This yeah. is we have made 0.5 out of eight this yeah. this weekend. Like, <laughs> so there's like half an interest here. 0. Uh, 0. 0.5, he says. No. Yeah, it's just it's there's not very good There's not very good matches, man. Like, I don't know. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's even it's going into very, the season. Did you ever think that the Mayhem were gonna challenge the NYXL? No. No. Did you ever God, think no. that the Justice were gonna discuss uh going to challenge the uh season one runner ups fusion? No. Uh, Toronto uh, Defiant versus Atlanta not. Rain, couple of expansion teams, maybe who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's one of ours. Like, maybe watch this. Guangzhou versus Shanghai. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Fusion versus Shanghai. Probably not. Probably not. Guangzhou versus Washington. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Again, that, that's a Michael Bay game. If you're there for entertainment and you just want to, like, maybe Washington wins. Wow, great. Turn off your brain. Watch it. It'll probably be. Not the best game in the world, though. This this very much feels to me like somebody. They're like, let's take all of the, uh, all of the different variables that we don't know about these teams, and let's make them play for a weekend. <laughs> After two and a half stages have already been played. Yeah. I guess that's another thing about having the home stands at the end of a stage is that you kind of already the teams have already kind of settled down and they're preparing for playoffs, even though there still is playoff potential. Like you kind of granted we're in a meta shift at the moment. So like there still is a little bit of variability and there are teams like the NYXL that are shifting styles so they can be caught, I think. Um, But for the most part, I think at the end of a stage, your, your teams are really figuring out where they are. And if you have it more towards the middle of the stage, things are a little bit more interesting. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, again, another thing to crunch the numbers on. Yeah, I agree. All right. That's it. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong button again. Wow. I'm really good mm-hmm. at this today. 
Just booed everybody. All right, let's get out of here. This is a fun show. We um, we uh, talked about some things, didn't we? There were yeah. things said. Things were said. Words were had. Bets were made. I can't wait for Toronto to defeat Atlanta because I really want oh, that. Oh, I can't wait. I really want that Patreon episode, man. Is it Toronto beating Atlanta or Toronto beating NYXL? Which one? Or both? Honestly, either. But I think it was Toronto beating NYXL now that I remember it. Yeah. So Toronto yeah. Be beating NYXL. All right. I'm all about it. I'd love to see that happen. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks for hanging out. Um, I, I, uh, Godhan, you did have a great question about Philadelphia Fusion going full roster next season or full Korean roster next season. I'm going to pocket that you one. To, you want me to answer it real fast? You have like 20 hot. seconds. Depends on alarm. I think he's going to be the decay of next season, the Sinatra first season. It all depends on where he goes. That dictates the roster. All right. Fair enough. There it is. Signed. Signed. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here before we do, though. Let's uh, do new patrons. Uh, actually, before we do that, though, I definitely do want to thank our uh, Tactical Crouch producers, Battle Crab, Maid, and Peter Y. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really do appreciate all of your incredible support. Um, above and beyond, good sirs and or madams. All right. New patrons this week. Joe, what's going on? We've got Jay... Our good friend and director, Battle Crab. Much, producer, much respect on that director, name. Producer, producer, whatever. More important. I, actually, more that's, that's actually kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. More, uh, um, yeah. more critical <laughs> acclaim. Yeah. Yeah. Producer, producer. You help the show. Thank you very much. Jane Battle Crab and Emmanuel S. Not a name you see all that often, but I respect it. You know, it's, it's that, nice man. to see. That's great. Yeah. Emmanuel's a nice name. So thank you to the three of you for supporting the show. Very appreciated. Um, and yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for stopping by. You can also support the show, um, by leaving us a five-star iTunes review. The best part of that is because it's free. So you don't have to pay anything to do that. Just leave a five-star iTunes review. We'll read it on, uh, we'll, we won't read the review, but we'll, uh, give you a big thanks on the next episode. Who do we got going on this week? Yiska? Uh, we got from the U S of a, we got, Connor K. Sweeney. That sounds like Sweeney Todd. Uh, a movie I've never made it through in entirety while staying awake. It's actually like a um, pretty well-known play. Play, yeah. Adapted oh, to a movie with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Hmm. And okay. uh, Helena Bonham Carter, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Maybe that's entertaining. I, I gotta look into you, Joanna. Best part about that whole soundtrack is they they switch between a flat seven and a major seven in that song. Multiple I'm gonna times. pretend like I know what that is. Amazing, like really really clever, and they finally, I don't know. Anyways, all right, musically fascinating to me. <laughs> uh, as as a former music theory and uh, music major. Uh, all right, yeah. So Connor K. Sweeney, who else? And then from Japan, JT, and I don't want to acknowledge this, but I guess we have to. Jay says I need to do the chica dance, bro. That that isn't that isn't happening. That's not a thing that's happening. I'll I'll tell you if anyone ever ever dilutes me dilutes me into marrying them, 
I will not dance at my own marriage. Uh, like, um, help me out here. When? <laughs> I kind of want you to suffer. <laughs> so I, I will say you know this: I mean. if yes. we go to BlizzCon this year, I don't together, dance. If we go to BlizzCon together this year, I'm gonna get you. you we're gonna make get you to dance. No, we. we I, I promise you. My so my wife Katie. There's nobody who's a non-dancer who doesn't end up dancing at the end of the night. When you spent the night with Katie, she's just like she make she. You'll end up dancing. I promise. Dude, you, you know there's I there's like you. a. Th I promise. There's you. a thing. There's a thing in Germany where of course there when is. you finish your A A levels, you should dance with a other gender from your parents so like boys dance with their mothers and uh oh, okay. girls dance with, with their fathers right uh -huh. and um my mother was legitimately the only person or woman from the guys that wasn't danced with i sat there i looked at it i said you wasted a bunch of hours learning this i'm not going to do it i don't, don't get me wrong if i i will not dance if i am sober yeah, if I, if if there is a five percent chance that I'm sober, dancing is not fun, and I'm not convinced it's fun for anybody. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, okay, drunk dancing. Yeah, I've done that. Let's not let's not kid myself. Yeah. Like that happens. But like choreography, uh, I did it again. By the way, choreography. Yeah, is that how? I, oh, we got it. Choreography. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is something I won't do. I, you, you're not okay now if somebody if we added like a patron tier that's like a thousand dollars a month Vieska learns a hip-hop dance like you wouldn't do that i have done something very very wrong that you think i would sell my dignity for <laughs> such a low amount of money like you wouldn't learn like a k-pop dance for like 50 grand dude this kid is brainwashed about k-pop can you stop like i, I, I already so funny. I joined this call and he's already again like going like off and i'm like oh my god i'm just like having a good again. time so i yeah. so funny story about this so i was uh we were playing uh tft and so my soundboard lets me like so when i'm playing games with katie she wants to listen to the music i'm listening to so i can send it over discord Mm. And uh, but there's it's like a mute toggle, and there's a bug where like the mute toggle doesn't always mute it when you first load the profile. So we were sitting hanging out in uh, Yiska's Discord, uh, playing TFT, and Yiska all of a sudden was just like, "So you're uh, listening to K-pop now, huh?" Because of Joe. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, we can hear the music right now." <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me. All right." Anyways, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out for episode that. number 40, everybody. Uh, we really do appreciate you all being here. Uh, make sure to follow the host at Yiska out and at Volumel on Twitter. And you can find myself at Kick Tripod. Yiska, anything coming up this week? Anything good besides uh, TFT all day, all night? I swear I spent eight hours writing articles today and none. I got to a point of like, oh, no. Okay, let's let's start something else. So yeah, I've I have definitely the the Valiant piece coming out. I have a piece on Overwatch League viewership minutes and how credible those are. I have something about um, what else was there? The defined I was planning. I said most of it here on this show, so we'll see if, I, if that makes sense. Good so yeah, no I definitely. I also got upgraded in my contract. We can expect pretty much 
daily coverage from me. Hey, from Yoda. congrats. Congratulations. It's a big Thanks. deal. That's a... Uh, I can only make a small clap. Because the music has to go up with it. There you go. There's the clap, though. Uh, congrats. Uh, Joe, what about you? Any content coming up? Um, got some stuff in the works. Uh, I'm still working on a couple big pieces. Um, have an interview slash feature coming out with Danid. Pretty short, but that's coming out um, sometime soonish, hopefully. Um, other than that, yeah, pretty just just working right now. Just kind of working on some things that uh, aren't ready to be announced. So cool. uh, stay tuned. Follow follow up and uh, come say hi. Awesome. As for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, and I uh, am mainly streaming and playing and thinking and dreaming about TFT. I don't know. It's I, it's been honestly since Halo Two since the last time I've done played this much <laughs> of a single video game, which is incredible uh, because I paid for college doing that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, pretty into TFT right now, having a ton of fun with it. Uh, thank you all for hanging out. If you want to support the show, make sure to go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Uh, we've got lots of great perks. Uh, we're just over a hundred dollars away from removing all of the ads from YouTube, which is pretty cool. And then we're also going to do a bonus show. Imagine this a bonus show every month, no matter what, that would be pretty cool. So make sure to go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch for that. If you want to support the show otherwise you can follow us on twitch twitch.tv slash kick tripod subscribe donate there we've got some cool tactical crouch emotes you can leave a five-star itunes review on itunes um just search for tactical crouch it's there it's great and um yeah you can listen to the show everywhere spotify youtube all the good stuff so make sure to do that we're gonna go ahead and get out of here though this has been episode 40 of tactical crouch we'll see you guys next week for episode 41 Bye-bye.